It is here, finally, Draft Day 2022, live from Las Vegas. The NFL Draft will kick off this evening, Thursday, April 28th. We give some thoughts here on what should be a very interesting first round. We give you the final Browns mock going into this weekend's draft again in Las Vegas. And where can we actually expect from Andrew Berry and company and what they can bring into the Browns from this 2022 NFL Draft class. All this and more on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. The Lockdown Browns podcast brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Appreciate all of you who make Lockdown Browns. Your first listen day in, day out, whatever podcast platform you use. Make sure you're following. Subscribe to the Lockdown Browns podcast. Five-star ratings, written reviews. Thank you. Draft day, 2022, April 28th, 2022. Live from Las Vegas. Going to get kicked off here about 12 hours or so. The 2022 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith in the house. Um, of course, you know the rumors, the gossip, all that stuff, certainly picking up over the last day or so, certainly more to come throughout the day. Um, But the endless amount of speculation, draft reports, 40 times, three cones, it's all over. Doesn't mean anything now. It is time. It is about to get underway. Of course, your Cleveland Browns first scheduled on the clock Friday night, uh, pick 44 in the second round. Um, So we'll see how all that plays out. Pete, um, finally have made it here. Uh, draft process, always an extremely, extremely fun time. It always seems it starts to lag a little bit towards the end. Then we finally get to it. And I think this year, this draft is going to be certainly much different than drafts in the past. Um, you know, Not quarterback heavy. I think there's a lot of maybe indecisiveness as far as you know the top of the board the way this is all going to fall down which certainly affects every pick thereafter but if you're a true fan of the draft and just enjoy the NFL draft this should be an interesting watch this evening well I mean it's chaos there's you know you don't you know there have been years where you could script out the top four or five you know almost half the half the first round this year um, you know, there's talk that Trevon, Trevon Walker is going to be the first pick, but I don't even know how sure that is. Um, and then after that, it's okay. Uh, could be Aiden Hutchinson and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so I mean, from that standpoint, if you're just consuming the draft, um, as sort of an you know football agnostic, you you get that little element if you're not really sure what's going to happen at any point uh, in this class. So, I mean, from that standpoint, it's kind of interesting. It just, um, if you're focused on star power or quarterbacks, you know, this probably isn't going to be that exciting, but um, there's more than enough stuff that can make this 
uh, evening interesting. Pete, I think the over under, and yeah, you still you spoke on the obviously on the quarterback, which is usually basically what dictates you know how any draft is viewed. Um, I believe the over under is set at two and a half quarterbacks going in round one, even in a poor quarterback class. We still think you're going to see three quarterbacks going round one, right? I mean, I still I still don't think any any should, but yeah, I mean, ultimately we're going to see. Uh, quarterbacks go, uh, maybe, uh, I, you know, I think Malik Willis is going to go in round one, but after that, I, I'm not sure if we're not going to see most teams bluff. I, I don't know if anyone really loves Kenny Pickett. And then I think Desmond Ritter certainly is an attractive, um, skill set, but are you sure you can't get him in round two? Uh, so, I, I think we're going to end up with the under, but you know, I'm you know, from a bronze standpoint, you're rooting for six quarterbacks to go in the first round. <laughs> no question about it. Um, a lot, a lot of teams, Pete, obviously without first round picks um, this year. Record high for teams that do not possess a round one pick gives you multiple multiple teams. Um, Saints, Eagles, Giants, and Jets, both in the top 10, both holding two selections in round one, along with teams, powerful teams, stronger teams like the Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I want to start here. Let's just Giants and Jets. Look, here are teams with two, you know, here are t- two picks within the top 10. This is a class where you can say wide receiver seems to be strong. You can say that. Um, defensive line, uh, you know, edge rusher strong, offensive tackle strong. If your team possessing two picks in this top 10, do you just go get what this draft offers? You know, understanding that even though you possess two top 10 picks, it's not a, you know, huge, huge earth shattering draft. Well, I mean, if you're the Jets, this draft sort of caters to what you're looking for. You need a pass rusher and you need wide receiver help. Good news. This is what that this draft is. Um, if you're the Giants, yes, you could use pass rusher help, but you just started this thing over again. Um, they're the team that sort of makes sense to want to come back and, and you know use one to get a premium player you like, and then use another to uh, maybe keep the the train of of draft picks rolling and continue to gain yourself assets to to build this team. The, the the Giants, and, and part of that is informed by the fact that their salary cap is just such a mess. Um, they can barely afford anything right now. So draft picks are obviously a great cost saver. Um, they are they they they're you know they're one of the teams along with the Cleveland Browns where there's a specter of a possible trade. Um, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen with James Bradbury, but nevertheless, that seems to be something that. Um, is is another thing that's sort of out there, but they need money. So um, the the Giants make all the sense in the world. I think they're going to be competing with Carolina to try to see who t- who's willing to take less for to move back. But uh, I, I think that's how that shakes out, or at least how how they'd like it to. You got to think, Pete, that one of these teams. Now, if you're talking about teams moving down, obviously somebody's going north. Um, it seems in almost the consensus is in whatever you know mock draft scenario is played out, if it's the Steelers trading up 
or you know the Steelers staying put somehow, some way, seems the Steelers are going to be very, very inclined to go against our wishes and find a way to make sure that they walk out of tonight with Malik Willis, quarterback from Liberty. Maybe. I mean, the other team that's been linked to wanting to move up is Dallas. Uh, and I don't even know what for, but, um, th- you know, as long as there's a market of somebody willing to come up, that, that that's going to give teams leverage to, to move back. Um, so if, if the Steelers want to come up, I you know, I'd be surprised if they go up that far. Um, you know, because again, they're a team that needs resources to sort of continue this rebuild. And I get it. Um, quarterback would go a long, long way to, to aiding that. Um, but I, 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 I think they'd like, you know, they'd be happy to move up a little bit. I just don't know what, uh, how far they're willing to go. And, and with Dallas, everything depends on what that's for. If it's for Thibodeau, you know, that may be over before it starts if he ends up going in the top three to five picks. If not, then that could be, you know, sort of a something to keep an eye on if, if he's moving down the board because um, that is exactly what they would like to add. They lost Randy Gregory. Um, Jerry Jones isn't even willing to sort of be honest in the situation as to why they lost Randy Gregory. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's something they would like to do. So, you know, may, I, I, I'm assuming it's Thibodeau. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe they're one of the people who's deluded themselves into thinking Jermaine Johnson is that guy. I, I'm not sure. But um, that is some something that, that could play out here. Um, so, you know, look, there's always the madness, the craziness of round one of the NFL draft. We are going to get to that. Obviously this evening, it is Thursday. It is draft day, the 2022 NFL draft from Las Vegas set to begin today. The brownies going to have to sit and wait a little while, but we're going to get to Pete Smith's final Browns mock draft here next. We'll get to some, uh, obviously some listener questions here. Lots going on. It's draft day. We'll be back with Pete's mock draft in just one minute. Blue Nile, folks. It's that time of the year. Whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has the fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Mark Mother's Day with something enduring. Classic diamond stud earrings. Again, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pendants, and so much more on BlueNile.com. Celebrating that special woman in your life? Uh, only BlueNile.com can help you easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every price point. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Lockdown Sports listeners, you get $50 off when you spend $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use the promo code, all caps, no space, locked on. Again, promo code, locked on. Plus, every order is insured and it ships free. And it arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Pete, um, of course, it's a little bit difficult this year, and you know more, you know, obviously more, certainly harder this year 
uh, to predict the Browns mock with accuracy with the Browns first selection falling at pick 44 overall. But what do you got for us, bud? Yeah, I mean, the the guy who I never hear anything about um, is Drake Jackson. And I don't know if the Browns would take him at 44 or if they're going to try to maneuver backwards. Um, you know, I'm, one of the things I'm watching tonight is going to be, you know, what what is the reality with George Karloftis? Um, this idea that he could fall out of the first round, I don't know if that's true. But if it is, then he becomes very interesting. So um, Drake Jackson's 21. He's a explosive and twitchy pass rusher that needs to sort of develop a power game, figure out what weight he's going to play at. Um, but the Browns are sort of a really um, good fit, especially if they're able to retain Jadavian Clowney um, and, and go from there. So um, to me, that that he fits everything the Browns seem to want to do. So I think that's the guy that makes the most sense. Um, you know, they could certainly go with a guy like Logan Hall um, if he lasts that long. I, I get it. Um, he's certainly the guy that makes sense if you're trying to continue that same style with Jed Evan Clowney. But I look at Joe Woods and when he was with the Broncos and he had Von Miller. I, I think the Browns' defense with Jed Evan Clowney was because he had Jed Evan Clowney. If he doesn't have Clowney, I think he's, you know, he's looking for talent and then building around the talent. That seems to be who he is. Uh, all right, go on further, Pete, here. Obviously, you know, uh, other positions that need to be addressed, whether it's wide receiver, uh, obviously, you know, some talk of the tight end position, the safety position. Yeah, so, um, look, I think the Browns are – pretty honest with what they, what they want to do. I think they are just looking at this at talent, um, you know, wide receiver. I'm not saying the Browns can't take a wide receiver. They obviously can, and they could take one at 44. Uh, but if let's say there's this massive run on receivers, you know, the Browns aren't going to just take one to take one. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if they end up taking higher values um, those first couple picks. So, I had them take Nick Cross, the safety from Maryland, um, in, at 78. Um, not only do the Browns need safety help, uh, they, they brought back Ronnie Harrison, which is fine. Um, he's here for another year. But they need a long term, a, a more long-term plan at that position, not only in that slot position, but they are probably going to want to you know consider what they have going forward. They have virtually no depth. Nick Cross – won't be 21 until September. Um, he has freaky measurables. He was productive. He's got big question marks in terms of coverage. Um, you know, you, you can rationalize that saying he just needs more experience and you can work with him. Uh, and maybe if he's playing in that slot position, reducing the area he has to work will help him. Um, so, you know, again, it, it, just figuring out who the Browns are and what they do. Nick Cross, if he's there, it makes a ton of sense. Um, round three or ninety nine, the the compensatory pick is where I had them take a receiver. Uh, you know, I'll be curious to see how the Browns feel about it. I love Khalil Shakir from Boise State. Um, he's just, you know, he's just a good player, and the Browns need um, they need slot help. He can certainly do that. Um, they need uh, just more talent. He certainly can do that. He's allegedly at least a, a, you know, a player that teams love off the field as well as on it. 
um, super competitive. Um, <coughs> the other guy I sort of keep an eye on around this area of the draft is uh, the Kyle Phillips, the the receiver at UCLA. He's another guy who's just slot slot only. If they have that bigger school preference, um, he makes a ton of sense in that that realm. Um, but I, you know, as opposed to maybe some of these bigger receivers like a David Bell, I think guys like Shakir and Phillips provide a true contrast to uh, the tight ends in this uh, on this team and give you a true ability to sort of change up how you attack defenses and put more stress on them. Um, and and the other part I think the Browns could wait at receiver is because. They just traded six picks and are giving $230 million to Deshaun Watson. At some point, and I'm not, you know, it, it, look, if there's a great receiver at 44, I get it. But part of this is you're expecting Watson to sort of be able to make guys better. So if you're thinking he's going to, you know, be able to sort of uh, be a rising tide that lifts all, all, all receiving boats, um, then it allows you to start prioritizing the other things. And again, it comes down to their board. They're going to take what they think is the best, but it, it, it's a, it's a reason that they could be patient with receiver. Um, fourth round, Brandon Smith from Penn State is interesting because uh, he has barely played uh, a, a you know off ball linebacker. He's actually a converted edge. But he's a freak show athletically. He's 250 pounds um, and, and tested out of his mind. And given the fact that the Browns have, you know, their dime back, Malcolm Smith is a free agent. You know, they could they could essentially just draft Smith and sort of let Smith uh, Malcolm Smith go go on his merry way. He's you know going to be 33 in July. Who knows if he's going to actually even play? Um, but Smith is. 25 pounds heavier. He's way more athletic. Um, and, you know, even if he does nothing else but cover guys, he has a useful skill set. But um, you try to see if he can learn it. You know, he can be basically what people thought Alex or what people thought Mac Wilson was supposed to be. Um, but he's, you know, another kid who's 21, another freak show. He, he reminds me of in some ways of Sean Thompson for people old enough to remember Sean Thompson. Um, but obviously played at a much bigger program uh, with all 11 guys on the field. And, you know, he's a project in a way that you don't need him to sort of step up and be there. But if he figures it out at 250 pounds and all that, that athleticism, he can become like a, a true player. But, you know, as the, as has been a theme for the Browns, the theme throughout this is speed. Um, I, you know, I, I don't see any reason the Browns are going to want to get slower. They, they can continue to add speed and more speed. Um, their sixth round pick, I don't think this guy's going to last this long, but nevertheless, he's interesting. Um, James Mitchell, the tight end from Virginia Tech, he missed most of the season with a torn ACL. He suffered it in September. Um, he's at least suggesting that he's going to be ready basically by today. Um, I, I wouldn't surprise me if the team that drafts him is going to be a little more cautious and just say, let's wait until training camp. Uh, but James Mitchell is one of the most productive tight ends in uh, you know, before this season um, in, in 2020, in the abridged season, he was dominant. He's another one. Look, I, I continue to believe until the Browns take a blocking tight end, I don't think they're going to take a blocking tight end. They're going to take receiving guys who they can teach how to block. 
They've done it with Njoku. They've done it with Harrison Bryant. Um, they've been doing it with Steven Carlson. Um, I, I think that is who they are. They did tried to do it with Seth Devolve. Uh, take talented guys who can get open and make plays as, as a pass catcher and, and teach them the rest. And Mitchell's that guy. He's really dynamic um, with his speed and his body control. He played at a big school. Uh, you know, he, can, he, he, he was productive against good competition. Everything with him is the medical. You know, how do teams feel about the surgery? Um, people keep treating ACLs like they're almost trivial at this point, and maybe they are, but at least in this case, he will be a full year removed from the ACL by the time the season rolls around. Um, the Browns obviously have people in place that can play ahead of him. Um, if you're going to take this type of risk, you know, again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know the situation, but if you're going to do it, this is like the type of player and the type of position where the Browns can make a lot of sense. Uh, and then wrapping up the seventh round, um, Jaquan McMillan, it's the corner out of East Carolina. He's a slot projection. He's like a little under five, 10, 180 pounds. Uh, he looks like a slot receipt, slot corner. He's been playing um boundary corner for east carolina for three years before he declared and he was fantastic at it um he gave up eight touchdowns for his career he intercepted 12 passes and deflected 40 he was tested constantly and was just continuously up to the task he's super competitive he's kind of a prick which is kind of what you want out of a spot corner. you sort of have to have that that mindset uh, to, to be able to hang in that spot. Uh, the Browns obviously have Troy Hill under contract for the season, but after that, there, it's a big question mark. Um, this would be sort of a pre-planning thing. So maybe they, they, they look to take a guy like this who they can stick on the roster for a year uh, before they sort of you know, give him the job. Ultimately, uh, I, I'm, you know, another one, 21, very quick, even if he's not terribly fast, but his production is otherworldly. And then wrapping it up, uh, a pick I made just for me um, is <laughs> Jason Poe. He's a, he's technically a guard at Mercer. Uh, um, he is six foot and five, eight, 300 pounds. He doesn't have a neck. He's short arms, all these things. He's not going to be a guard in the NFL. But what makes him interesting is that he uh, was a Juco fullback. Um, and if you watch my tape, he's really quick uh, as, a, as a blocker. You know, if you're going to keep him on the offensive line, and I, and I assume a team would, you're going to try him out at center. Uh, but ultimately, you are looking at him, hopefully, with the idea that he could be a fullback. He's quick. He's really good at hitting moving targets. Um, and he's just super aggressive. Uh, he he plays with a natural uh, leverage, and you know the Browns like to bully teams. They like to be able to line up with a. Obviously, they have a really good offensive line when healthy. They have all these tight ends. They have Nick Chubb. They have Kareem Hunt. You can put a 300-pound guy in front of them and just slam into people. Short yardage in the goal line area where they they had some issues at points, um, and just allow this guy to be a problem. I mean, you know. I'm still jealous that the Ravens did this with Patrick Ricard coming out of Maine was the guy I liked. Um, but, you know, other than that, per Mercer doesn't fit anything the Browns want other than he's athletic. He's uh, 23, closing in on 24, doesn't make a lot of sense, but he's very strong, uh, all those things. So he's interesting. 
Um, one guy that I sort of found interesting that I think the Browns could be interested in if they if they don't like my my idea is a kid named Nick Zakelge. Um, he's an offensive tackle from Fordham. He grew up in Broadview Heights. Uh, very athletic, younger, 22. Um, he he could be interesting. Likewise, I think Bryant Kobach, the running back from Toledo, could be a guy that the Browns target um, after the draft, perhaps. Um, he's really athletic, was super productive, and and I think he's a guy that's probably being slept on a little bit. But, yeah, there you go, seven picks. Um, I think the Browns are going to try to trade down maybe, uh, you know, at least once. That is their history. Um, it certainly makes sense in this class. They're going to play the board, and by, it went, by the fact that they play the board sort of allows them some flexibility to, to uh, you know, let values come to them. Uh, no question about it here. I'm going to get back with some thoughts here on Pete's mock. We'll get some closing thoughts here before everything kicks off uh, later this evening, the 2022 NFL draft. Um, you know, we'll have coverage, you know, throughout the weekend here, you know, as Browns go through, make their selections, um, come back here. We'll start closing it up here in just a minute on your latest locked on Browns. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Pete, one thought I, I have, and I'm in firm agreement here with you, and, and I'm not saying the Browns are not going to address wide receiver, um, but for me, look, I think it would have to be a certain wide receiver at 44. You have to account for the fact of what you have invested in Deshaun Watson that you believe it is going to elevate the wide receiver room. It is going to make Donovan Peoples-Jones a better player. It should make Anthony Schwartz a better player. And, you know, I talked about this a little bit last night on Twitter. And, folks, go look at what Anthony Schwartz did as a rookie Factor in how many games he missed due to the concussion, and then go look at what Donovan Peoples-Jones did as a rookie. There wasn't much difference from the output of either one of those players. Um, Deshaun Watson, look, for everything you're doing, the elevation, the production of that wide receiver room should go up just from Deshaun Watson being here alone. Again, I'm not saying they're not going to address the wide receiver position. I'm not saying they shouldn't address the wide receiver position. But, you know, Deshaun Watson needs to be accounted Um for in that respect um you know I, I think drake jackson is an interesting pick and it's actually funny pete and i were talking last night because until i guess drew rosenhouse got to adam Schefter and asked him to please talk about drake jackson pete and i were literally talking about the fact that nobody talks about drake jackson um played this fall at usc at a lighter weight they were hoping to play him in space a little bit more certainly didn't do him any favors the weight is going back on for a player like drake jackson He's going to be an edge. Nick Cross, I mean, this might as well be locked on Nick Cross. Um, the amount of times I have spoken about, the time I have times I've mentioned Nick Cross over the process. Um, I don't think he is an on-the-roof type of safety yet, but I do think you get some Jabril Peppers type of action here. Certainly a work in progress, but at 20 years old, that is okay. An elite athlete. So, you know, you figure that those elite traits should be able to transcend in a full development uh, at the safety position. Uh, uh, Shakir out of Boise State. This is a player we talked about, you know, numerous times here. Just slow and steady. I mean, I don't mean slow by foot speed, but just slow, steady, does what is required of him. Um, he's going to be guys open when he needs to be open. Um, 
And again, this is he's not going to come in here. He's not going to be wide receiver two right out of the gate. He, he's a useful player. James Mitchell out of Virginia Tech. If James Mitchell didn't tear up his ACL in September, James Mitchell would probably be regarded as the, if not one of the top tight ends in this class. His production was, you know, waiver. It was was working towards that type of player. He was a highly thought of player before the ACL injury. Um, you should get an entire full rookie season out of him, even if he is saying things like he's ready to go today, which, hey, that's fine for you know for the kid. But our, no games are going to be played in the beginning of May when James Mitchell arrives to his new team. Um, and if for, he was a player that you're going to be able to get in sixth round at around selection 203 or whatever it is, um, based on you know where this player was you know seven, eight months ago, that's an absolute steal. So, I mean – there is still a lot of damage that can be done here by the Browns. There is a lot of talent that can be brought in by Andrew Barry, even without the first round selection. I do agree, Pete. If there was a way maybe they can get one more pick inside that top 150 or maybe top 125, you know, I think that's where basically the meat and potatoes of this draft is. Um, you know, maybe then they wouldn't have to wait till the 200s to address the tight end position. Um, but for the Browns, certainly a lot there. Pete, Offensive line, and this has been a little bit of a chatter the last couple of days. I, I don't know necessarily why the Browns would address it, because as you and I have discussed, I, I, I think their their final fifty three offensive line is probably already in the building. So to go out here, and unless somebody just dropped majorly within this draft, I don't think you are going to maybe roll the dice on an offensive lineman just because I, I think the odds would be greatly, greatly stacked against said offensive lineman to make this team. Um, I'm not going to say they can't draft an offensive lineman. I mean, if they like somebody, they're going to take them. But they have at least made it so they don't have to. Um, they've got three centers on the team right now, uh, if you count Hans um, And uh, Froholt is another one. So they, you know, they count him as a center. Um, they've got four tackles with, uh, Chris Hubbard coming back and then James Hudson. Um, you know, I, they have to find room for, for these guys. So, I, I mean, I'm not, again, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable to say they could take an offensive lineman. Uh, I certainly considered it. This is not a bad class to want offensive line help. Um, but it just comes down to what makes sense. If, if, you know, they're not going to reach for somebody. They're not going to draft somebody just to draft somebody. I mean, in some ways, James Hudson was a bit of a surprise, but um, it certainly is one that looks like it's it's heading in a good direction. So um, I don't expect it, but, you know, maybe there's a center they really like. I don't know. I personally, I think um, with center in particular, you can wait till after the draft and get somebody basically just as good as, you know, as the day three guys. Um there's a kid from Illinois, for example, that makes sense in that vein. I think that's probably where the Browns are going to add more offensive line help is is post-draft. Um, maybe there's, like I said, there's a college kid might be somebody they're interested in. Um, but it, overall, I'm not expecting much on that front. Um, I, I think they're going to, you know, the board is going to sort of push them in different directions. I mean, I, I didn't include kicker because I don't evaluate kickers, but – that is a position that I would be stunned if they didn't draft one way or another. Um, in fact, they may be tra trying to trade down to get the pick they want to use to take said kicker. Um, 
you know, we'll see where Cade York ends up going. The kid from LSU, he's supposed to be the big, uh, the big kicker in this class. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah, I think he had him like 111th overall on his final big board, which is not, um, you know, a flattering uh, way to describe this draft class that he had three specialists since top 150. But, um, you know, if the Browns get a fifth round pick, you know, if he's still sitting there, um, do they go ahead and do what the Bengals did and take a, take a kicker in the fifth round? Um, <laughs> we'll see. But um, <laughs> that's why, I, you know, offensive line and some of these other positions I don't think are a huge priority. It's the same thing with defensive tackle. I wish there was a worthwhile defensive tackle in this draft. There just isn't. Um, maybe the Browns think there's one they like a whole lot better than I do, but it, it's another position where, you know, D, DJ Davidson is not a guy I would expect to get drafted. Um, out of Arizona State, he's practically 25. But after the draft, you don't care anymore. You're just trying to find football players. And I think that might be their best um, plan to, to to go forward with that is is they might be able to find somebody that they, they think can contribute for this team if need be. Uh, certainly not ideal. But um, that's the other part of this, the, the post-draft, uh, the other considerations with that, the recruiting. Um, you know, some of these positions, if they feel like they're thin or – Whatever they they you know they could find somebody that they like. Andrew Ogletree from Youngstown State is a practically twenty four. I think he might be twenty four. Um, tight end with freaky measurables. Uh, you know the Browns might be able to recruit him based on their uh, prowess at tight end and the fact that he's local. Who knows? So there's a lot that could play out in that way. But uh, yeah, I don't. Offensive line is not one that I think makes much sense. Um, so, you know, here, yeah, obviously now we've covered it, you know, the thoughts going into this, obviously, you know, some round one thoughts here, certainly going to be an interesting round one, no quarterbacks basically to determine basically the, you know, uh, determine the way, you know, the top 10 will lay out the round one layout in general, uh, just, you know, an anomaly of a quarterback class in that respect, strong at offensive tackle, strong at pass rusher, strong at wide receiver. Uh, we got Pete's thoughts here on his final Browns mock. Um, and then just, you know, some general consensus on, you know, which way and which avenues are the best for Andrew Berry and company to handle their business over this weekend. Um, I'm going to put a wrap on this here. Um, get, you know, it's always an exciting time. It's a fun time. You know, I, you know, I know there's plenty of people who don't get it. And the NFL draft is one of those things that people, you know, absolutely 100% are love or, or people just absolutely pay no attention to. But for those who are diehards, those that love the NFL draft process, your holiday is here, your Christmas is here, your Christmas weekend is here. Uh, enjoy it all. Make sure you're checking everything out on Browns Digest. Pete and the team obviously over there will be uh, with a ton of coverage over the coming days here as we start to you know get to know the new Browns, the class of 2022 Cleveland Browns. So check that out, Browns, Browns Digest on SI.com. Make sure you're following Pete at, uh, at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, for me at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Appreciate all of you crazy sons of guns who make Lockdown Browns your first listen day in, day out. Whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you are following subscribed to the Lockdown Browns podcast. Leave those five-star ratings, written reviews. And with that, folks, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.